talking about Elijah in 1 Kings chapter 17. We are introduced to God's prophet. And this is on the heels of the northern kingdom's continued disobedience uh, through idol worship. And uh, God gets fed up with it and sends Elijah to send a message to King Ahab and Jezebel. Last week we had the first confrontation between them and Elijah announcing to Jezebel and Ahab that it would not rain for a period of years and it would not rain unless that he said that it would. So this affected the uh, economy and the people. It was God's judgment against Israel's uh, disobedience. In the meantime, God instructed uh, Elijah after this message to go and hide himself at the book Cherith and that he would provide for God's prophet food and water. He would drink from the brook and the ravens would feed him. So this week, the brook is drying up due to the lack of rain. We're going to notice in these passages that Elijah remained at the brook as it dried up. He trusted God and remained there until he heard God's instructions for uh, what he was to do next. The point of this lesson this morning, service to God should be fueled by trust in him. Sometimes God may send us somewhere or have us do something that goes against all reasoning, but we are to trust him. And that's uh, gonna be the point of the lesson today. <coughs> trust plays a large role in our lives. We trust that alarm clock to go off we trust that the food that we eat for breakfast or throughout the day is not uh, poisoned or uh, rotten. Uh, people and things can fail, and we have only one sure and constant source of trust, God who is omnipotent and perfect in all his attributes. Now, after his appearance before Ahab, and his God-inspired declaration of a year-long drought, Elijah continued to obey the Lord's command by hiding at the book Cherith. There, God miraculously fed and protected him during the initial period of drought and famine. Elijah learned to depend on God for everything in his life, and, and we should as well. We're not in control. We're not in charge. God is omnipotent and omnipresent. God will not always give us what we want, but we can trust him to provide for us what we need. Amen. Elijah learned to depend on God for everything, which deepened his faith and trust in him. However, the Lord had more to teach his prophet as the water supply dried up. He tells Elijah, and we'll read these verses here, 
to arise and to go to Zarephath, right up by Zidon. Zidon is where Ethbaal lives. This is right in the heart of uh, the area where the Baal worship was the strongest. So, if you're Elijah, or let's just say us, God commands us to do something, and it goes against all reasoning, do we disobey or do we trust him and go? Because it doesn't make any sense for him to go right in the heart of where the enemy's territory is. And he had also commanded, God had commanded a widow to uh, sustain him and take care of him. That doesn't seem likely either because women were second-class citizens in that society. Her being a widow lacked probably more than the other people around her. She didn't have no means to provide for anything. So it doesn't make any sense for Elijah to go and hook himself up with this widow. Let's go ahead and read some verses. 1 Kings chapter 17, verses 7 through 12. Whoever would like to. We'll stop right there for a second. Things don't look too good for this widow. How in the world is she going to sustain Elijah when all that she has is enough for one more meal for her and her son? What did Elijah command her to do, which would take a great act of faith on her part? Make me a cake first. That goes against all reasoning as well. But the point that they're trying to make here is that whatever we have, if 
we'll give that to God first. Watch and see what he can do with it once he has it. Where do we see a similar story in scripture? The feeding of the 5,000. Got two loaves and five fishes. How are you going to feed all these people? Give it over to God first and watch what he can do with it when he blesses it and has it. And that's just the similarity there in that, uh, that story. When the widow of Zarephath met Elijah, she thought that she was preparing for her last meal. But a simple act of faith produced a miracle. She trusted Elijah and gave all she had to eat to him. Faith is the step between promise and assurance. Miracles seem so out of reach for our feeble faith, but every miracle, large or small, begins with an act of obedience. We may not see the solution until we take the first step of faith. Have you ever seen that happen in, in your life? I'm not going to miss this opportunity to share how God did that in my life. When I first got saved, you all know that I was an alcoholic. And I continued to drink for six months after I was saved. I couldn't stop. I didn't know how to stop. But there was a program in Dayton that Penny got me into, when I took the step of faith to join this program, God took away the desire for alcohol. I didn't want it no more. That was a miracle of God. And that was, for me, eyewitnessing God's power in that situation. I don't share that story to, for me to be recognized or pat me on the back. That, that's for God to get glory for what he's done for me in my life. And I, to, I share it uh, when I have the opportunity. Follow God's direction even when it doesn't make sense. God had dried up the brook, so what's Elijah to do? Where was he going to go? He waited on God, and that's what we should do as well. He didn't question God. He remained steadfast in his commitment to God. Let's read some more verses. Chapter 17, verses 13 and 14. And Elijah said unto her, Fear not, go and do as thou hast said, but make me eat thereof a little cake first, and bring it unto me, and after make it for thee and for thy son. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, the barrel of meat, I mean the barrel of meal, shall not waste, neither shall the curse of the oil fail. Until the day that the Lord 
Notice in these passages that it doesn't say that God filled up the barrel full of meal. And it doesn't say that God filled up the cruise of oil. But he gave them just enough for each day. And that's just as he did the Israelites with the feeding of the manna. For what happens when we have, have an abundance? We, we have a tendency to forget God. We're more dependent on the gift than we are on God. So we must seek Him daily. Ron. What really got me about this story here uh, is that the woman did after Elijah said three times, and she did. And like you said, the oil never diminished, and neither they would use some, but it would always be full. In the same way with the uh, meal. They never ran out for three and a half years. Exactly. Jim. We also see that in the, in the 4,000 to 5,000 feet. Yep. By virtue of the fact that it doesn't say there was an explosion of bread available. It just says he, he asked amongst his disciples and told them to distribute it. And there was no accountability <coughs> until after everybody had eaten. So every time they reached into that basket, it was an act of faith. And Amen. I'm sure that it was testing, you know, the person. <laughs> he reaches in and he sees what the Lord put in the basket and he gives it to somebody. And he's kind of, kind of doubting uh, what's going to happen when I put my hand back in this basket. They put the hand back in the basket and my God, I'm going to go with it pass out. And this continues to go. I'll bet that they have a hell of a more than that. <laughs> you certainly would. That's probably some of the best best food that you ever ate if it came came from God's hands. Trust comes easily when God's leading makes sense, but that's not always the case. When the brook dried up, God directed Elijah to go to Zarephath. In reading this, Zarephath is over 100 miles to the northeast, and it's right on the coast of the Mediterranean Sea. That was strange guidance because Zarephath was in Phoenicia, Jezebel's home and the center of Baal worship in that region. Imagine, too, this widow is harboring Elijah. This is Baal country here. She's harboring one of God's prophets. So think of the danger that she faced if anybody was to question, who's this guy that you got here now besides your son? But notice how God protected them. There's no mention in scripture of anybody seeking him out or uh, charging him with anything. He's right under God, under Baal, Baal's uh, worshipers knows, but yet God protects him. We are to follow God's direction even when it doesn't make sense. We are also seeing it up to this point, 
that God had dealt with Elijah on his own and guiding him and directing him. Now to the widow woman, he's going to use Elijah to now encourage someone else. And that's what we're to do. We're to be obedient to God and allow ourselves to be used to share what God has done for us with someone else. That they too might be encouraged uh, in the Lord. <clears throat> when our routines are in upheaval and our provision is in question, we have a new opportunity to trust God and lead others to trust Him too. And that's exactly what Elijah did in his situation. Let's say that maybe we're going through something rough, something that we're not sure about, and God is leading us and putting people in our path and is helping us. People are watching you and wondering, how's he getting through that? What's, what's going on with him that he's able to flourish uh, in that situation? And there's our opportunity to point others to Christ as uh, our source of encouragement and substance. The widow had nothing to offer Elijah and no prospect of getting more. She had lost hope and given up. Elijah might have joined in her despair. After all, he also had nothing for substance and no check in the mail. The difference was Elijah had learned from experience that his God always provided. Elijah didn't have to see God's promises with his eyes to claim them by faith. God was faithful and had sustained him for probably close to a year drinking out of this brook and the ravens feeding him. Directly uh, points to God's provision. When Elijah speaks to the widow woman and tells her, do not be afraid, that's an indication that he is speaking with God's authority. We should use what we have learned about trusting God to encourage others to trust him as well. While fears are real, faith in God allows us to move forward and fulfill his plans for our lives. Do we trust him? Just as Elijah had predicted the drought, he prophesied continuing provision for the widow as if it had already as if he had already seen it happen. With his ears tuned closely to God's voice, Elijah spoke aloud with confidence what God had impressed on him in secret. His example serves as a model for us. We will hold fast to faith when hope seems lost. Will we share our faith and invite others to trust with us in the God who never forsakes his own?
There's two more verses if somebody would like to read them. Verses 15 and 16. And she went and did it and did according to the saying of the light. And she and he and her house did eat many days. And the barrel of oil wasted not. Neither did the fruits of oil fed according to the word of the Lord, which he spake by the light. Where it says here that, that they did eat many days, in breaking that down and seeing what time allotment that was, probably over a year in my study Bible that they ate every day from that uh, barrel and from that cruise of oil. How was our trust and God strengthened? When we're tested, when we're challenged to believe Him and trust Him, maybe it's something financial. Maybe there's uh, something's broke down. Maybe a couple things have broke down. How are we going to take care of this and still meet the bills? And we, we can use the example of tithing. Well, I can't give that this week. We've got this coming up. Jim's got a wonderful story on that. Mother and I were trying, we were young Christians at that point in time, and we were trying to stretch our faith. So we, uh, in our offerings, we decided this is what we're going to give every week. We didn't miss it, so then we went ahead and we increased it. As long as you wrote the first check to God, everything else needs to take care of itself. Amen. You said the income with God. And then at that point in time, I was an over-the-road driver, and I was on disability uh, for 90 days, and uh, we were getting $250 a week. Now, on a Friday, we received a bill in the mail. The bill was $650. And we'd 
God not only blesses you, and, and the thing is, since then we have no, as long as we have managed our money and give our first check to God, we've had no money problems whatsoever. Amen. Amen. He's always been there. It's always been enough. Uh, even in hard times. And I don't understand the math, but at this point, God's math is different. It's even more different than new math. <laughs> but uh, as long as we wrote that first check to God, everything worked out. Okay. But if we decided we got a check and we need to take you here and see if we got enough money, somehow it never worked out. Okay. But as long as we honored God and Commitment to him. He is honored us. Amen. Thank God for McDonald's. Amen. I I just recently retired about a year and a half ago, and Penny and I had discussed my loss of income each week from what that was compared to what I was going to get on Social Security once it got started. And Penny, we haven't Missed a beat, have we? We actually seem to have more now than when I was working. And that that's directly attributed to God. I see you, Ronnie, just one second. God blesses those who trust him and live in obedience to what he says. When we put our trust in something other than God, we will always end up disappointed. Go ahead, Ronnie. Well, when I first got saved in 96, 12th day of May, I, uh, you know, we, we were over the old building, and uh, I just got to thinking, you know, I'd see people putting five or ten bucks in. Put 20 bucks. I thought I was a big doer, you know. <laughs> I started figuring up too, instead of my paycheck each week or each month, I said, I ain't giving enough. So what I did, so what Sue and I did was up the ante 10%. Whatever I can get up, give over, I give over. I don't take less, I, I give over. And, uh, Amen. Yeah, I'll tell you what. Lord bless me so much my wife. I never owned a house in my life. Amen. Her mother willed her to home. I'm not ashamed of it because Sue worked hard, stayed with her mother until she passed away. But God will give you what you need. And as a good father, he gives us even more. Amen. We can see that in our personal testimonies, but on a grander scale, our church here, we've had a substantial number of families leave, but God has still provided for us miraculously how X amount of people can leave and their tithes and offerings are no longer with us, but God has sustained us anyway. Do the math on that. That defies any logic or 
theory that you may have, that is God's abundance uh, poured out to his children, is how I see that. Our willingness to trust God and act in faith gives him the opportunity to display his power. In the modern world, no one better modeled how to trust, try, and prove God than George Mueller of 19th century Bristol, England. Have you ever read about this guy? Yeah. He started an, an orphan's home or to take care of uh, children with no parents, with nothing. And he told everyone that his ministry would be proven, that would prove that God was in control and that God would not allow these children to do or be without. And he successfully took care of hundreds of children with no help but from God and God's provision. And for him to draw the attention to God and not himself, God was able to bless his ministry and to take care of these children. There's a Mueller Center down here on Kenton Street. And I always wondered, who's that guy? I, I, you know, had not done my homework. And then I read in here about who this is. That God would be magnified because the orphans under my care will be provided with all they need through prayer and faith. Mueller's daring faith challenges us still today. How will we trust, try, and prove God? And how will others see God's faithfulness proven as a result? What lessons about trust do you learn from Elijah and from the widow? It tells me that whatever you've got going on, and you don't have the answers or haven't been able to figure it out, you need to be on your knees in prayer, thanking God for how he's provided for us in the past. Praise him for his holiness and his goodness, and know that he's able to do exceedingly above anything that we could ask or expect. We put our hand in his hand and let him lead the way. We don't run ahead and we don't lag behind. And that's where it goes back to talking about seeking him daily. If Elijah and the widow were going to eat every day, they still had to go to that barrel. We still have to go to God every day and seek his provision for us each and every day and always seek his mercy and forgiveness as well. I think that's all that I've got. I thank you for your time and thank you Joe for coming.
to our church this morning. Thank you. Thank you, Brother Thank you all for your patience with me. Thanks, Pete.